We need to cut his little fringe because I don't think he can see us. Maybe that's why he doesn't mind Shanae will edit out all the noise before because um, she's the one that has to edit the recording. <laughs> oh, it is good to be just meeting and what an awesome Sunday. After yesterday in the rain, I thought today was going to be super wet and pouring with rain, but it's not. Just a little bit windy, but it's good. So I'd like to kind of give a little bit of feedback. I'd like to introduce the new series that we're going to be going through. I'd like to share a little bit of prophetic words. We're going to go a little bit all over the place, but I'm trusting it's going to be good. But I think God's doing something significant. And just as John and I were standing outside praying, and we looked upon the partially harvested, partially ready to be harvested fields of sugarcane, and we were standing just kind of declaring over our community, we were praying for incredible things, and I was looking at the, the two sections, the, the field that had been harvested and the field that haven't. And there's something significant about the fact that the sugar cane is set on fire before it's harvested. There's something of that. And, and I'm just excited for what God's doing. And I think there's an incredible harvest. We see it in Scripture. Um, when Jesus walks around, he sees the crowd, it says he had compassion on them. He looks upon them and says they harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He says, pray earnestly to the God of the harvest to send out workers, for the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So our role is we get to pray earnestly to the Father and say, Lord, there's a harvest. And that harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And we have the privilege of being workers. And we have the privilege of crying out for workers. And we have the privilege of seeing those people come into this place and be transformed, raised up and released for the incredible things that God's doing. So I want to share a little bit of a prophetic picture. And I shared something of this at Redemption Church a little while ago. And uh, it's got to do with the floods. But before we go there, I spent a lot of time sharing on NCMI. And I'm not here to preach NCMI. NCMI is something that I'm wanting to bring us along. John's known it his whole life. But, but I want to just clarify why I talk about them. We, we're not a denomination. We're a team of people. But there's a reason why we come together. Last week, we, we prayed out. Today, we prayed for, for Encounter Church, having lost Hilton, a man who led them. And we saw a team come through. Donnie and Ronell, who lead City Life Church in Amstlanga, were there, familiar face, to be with their people. So that they weren't left alone and left isolated. Grant Crawford, who leads One Life Church, was at the memorial on Sunday. And I think he did such a phenomenal job just facilitating a time where we got to celebrate the life of a leader. But there's something of that pr protection. No, one thing I've realized is that every season is temporary and we have to plan with transition in mind. 
and whether that transition comes as a result of passing away and entering into the presence of God, or whether that transition comes because God's doing something different. Transition is part of our lives. And it's such an incredible opportunity for us to transition in a team where there's stability. Not only do we see that, but we've seen the going out. Um, there's two Kenya trips still for the rest of the year. I'll be going on a trip towards the end of the year, and I'll give you guys dates if anyone wants to join. But, but we go and minister in other nations. We see this in Scripture. It's founded in Scripture. We, we get the gift of not only hearing my voice on a Sunday, um, or not only hearing our voices. I mean, we, we know that it's our preach, Emmanuel preaches, Shanae's had a chance to preach, and that's the, the adventure church voice coming through. But then we've had um, Joe from Redemption Church. They sowed him to be here, and they released him for a weekend, and he came and spoke on Matthew 6 and the significance of trusting. We've had Henny, Shanae's dad, who is actually leading this afternoon. We're hosting what we call the NT Connect Time, and NT being Natal Tonga, our, our registration number, and, and the, the NCMI churches from this region, we're hosting the elders gathering this afternoon here. And Shanae's dad, he's flying out. It's their 40th anniversary um, next weekend. Marcus Nadal, who lead Cornerstone, is their 40th anniversary today. So they're having a celebration at Cornerstone for them to honor them. And then they get on a plane, they're flying out here, and they're leading the, the connect time. But he was here recently, and he preached on thankfulness, living in a season of thankfulness. Being a people who understand what it's like to be thankful for what God's doing. We had Claire, her and her husband, lead, uh, Red Harbor, she was here last week. And, and she spoke on the significance of multi-generational. That even though we're living in the end times, we're still planning for the generations to come. We're still preparing a platform for them to be able to launch what God's doing because there's a stable platform for them. It's part of the transition. It's part of the, the preparation that comes. So we see this team working and we have the privilege of being a benefactor of it. But I've also had the opportunity to go preach at Destiny Life Church in Stanger. And, and to go be an apostolic uh, gift to them. We've had the opportunity to go preach at, as I said, this part of this message at Redemption in Kalani. And we were invited in and had an opportunity to encourage and blow wind in their sails, to lift them up. And there's something about the significance of this team that works. And we see the outworking of this through the early church in the book of Acts. So I want to take us through as a church through the book of Acts, and that's the next series that we're going to be doing. And we're going to see how the early church moved, how the outpouring of the Spirit set ablaze something. We, we went through that song, King of Kings, this morning, and, and there's something of when the church of Christ was born, there's a shift in the momentum of the song. And, and it's, every time I hear that, that line, something in me starts to stir, and the church of Christ was born. And then they lit the flame. There was something that happened in the early church. And we model church today after that because that's the model that God's given us to work with. That's the scriptural outworking, the theological outworking of this. So what we start seeing is we start seeing the significance of team. We see um, the Ephesians 4 gifts and how they worked and operated together within the early church. We see church governance. And we see the establishing of elders and deacons and what that means. We see the role of the apostles coming through. We see the outworking of church. We see the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit moving. 
And we see what it's like to be grafted into something of purpose. And that's the privilege that we have, is we in this. So I felt God say something to us this morning, and that he's taking us into a new season and we need a new wineskin. And with that, I felt that God's saying, and his promise over us, is that there's going to be an outpouring of his presence. And I'm going to speak a little bit more prophetically into that shortly. But there's going to be an outpouring of his presence. There's going to be an outpouring of his power. He's going to be bringing us people. It's all P's. I'm sorry that it happened to be alliteration this morning. And, and Shanae hates it. So fortunately, she's doing children's ministry this morning. But, but it's all P's. But outpouring of his presence and outpouring of his power. He's going to be bringing us people. He's going to be imposing on us his purpose. Which is giving us the direction we should go. And he's going to be showing us more of the place in which we do this, our sphere of influence. How does this work? We've been put in this place for a time such as this. And our response needs to be, number one, prayer. I feel God's taking us into a season of praying more. And we'll see how that works and the outworking of that for us as a church and how we're going to be praying more. But I think the time that we had this morning was so sweet. So we're going to pray said earlier, the, we, the definition is weakness leaning on omnipotence. It's us in our weakness leaning on Him who is all-powerful and saying, Lord, do something incredible. And surrendering our requests to Him and being a part of what He's doing. I feel we're going through a prophetic season. Now we're going to know that prophecy was fulfilled in terms of having the major prophets from Old Testament was fulfilled in Jesus' coming. But the purpose of the prophetic, if you go read 1 Corinthians 14, is to build up and encourage the church. Prophetic brings confirmation in the direction that we're going. Prophetic brings a stirring as to what's happening. Claire prophesied over me uh, last week Sunday regarding a tree and something of the pastoral that comes with that. In 2018, I was at a, a quip meeting in Joburg. We were still at Cornerstone. And I wasn't even on eldership yet. And Chris Zeely, a guy who leads a church in, in uh, Joburg, came to me and he said, I have a prophetic word for you. And I feel that God's planting you as a tree and he's increasing your canopy in the pastoral. It was that that sparked where we are now. Because something started to come into motion as a result of that prophetic word. Because it was a confirmation to things that God was speaking over my life. And today I walk in the fullness of that prophetic word. And just being reminded of that with a second confirmation of clear coming on Sunday stirs my heart and it starts to, to start settling that we're walking in the purposes that God has for us. So there's something special about the prophetic coming in. And I'm trusting we're going to see a prophetic voice. Paul says, I will that we all prophesy. That we have a prophetic voice coming in. It's one of the things about inviting in an apostolic prophetic team is we get people like Claire who's incredibly gifted in the prophetic coming and speaking life over us. And it brings us a confirmation. It brings us a settling. I felt God say while we were at the, the Relating Elders time that testimony is evidence of God's historic faithfulness and promises in the prophetic is Evidence of God's future faithfulness. And both of them stir a faith for now so that we can be effective for where we are. So we hold on to the prophetic promises. We look back at the, the past te testimonies and it, and it strengthens us to walk the road that we're in right now. 
I feel God's calling us to be a passionate people. Number three is passionate. So we're going to be a people of prayer, a, a prophetic people, and a passionate people. There's something about passion that is contagious. When people are passionate about their things, there's a stirring that comes. I love chatting to Dom about snakes because he's passionate about it and I'm passionate about it. And, and as we speak, so it feels. And I'm trusting that other people get passionate about it too because when we speak about it, that they too will see something and think, sure, there's life. And when I hear Millie talking about walking with their snake in her pocket, there's, there's, a, there's a, a contagious thing that comes from passion. And I want to be a passionate people. And I'm trusting that that's going to draw people in. I'm trusting it's going to stir people when we meet them. Let us be a passionate people. The next one is pioneering. And Claire spoke about the difference between a settling people and a pioneering people. Henny, my dad-in-law, when we were in Kenya and we were ministering there, he made the statement, he said, holding our ground is as good as losing it. Because we are a people who are called to take ground. So we're not here just to hold our ground. We're not here just to be comfortable and say, Lord, this is us. We're good. We're happy. There's people out there who are wounded and broken and we want to take ground. We want to harvest. It's amazing to see the guys when they are harvesting, that they are disciplined. They come out dirty and filthy from the harvest because they've been out in the field. They're covered in the soot of the fire. May we be a people who are willing to get our hands dirty because we want to pioneer. As a guy who rides motorbikes, I've, I've always admired KTM riders. Now, KTM's a brand of motorcycle, but there's something about a KTM rider. All these guys say, I'm not a, I'm not a big rider, but then they come in on a, like a 350cc two-stroke KTM, and you know that they know how to ride. And, and their definition of not knowing how to ride and my definition of not knowing how to ride are two very different things. But I often talk about them as trailblazers because they're the guys that will see where there is no path and they will make a path. They will look at it and I'll say, it's impossible to ride. And they'll say, just follow me, we can go. And when you get to the other side, you followed someone who saw a path where there wasn't one. I want to be a pioneering people where we don't get bogged down by obstacles and we think, it's impossible for us to overcome this. I, be, I firmly believe that God calls us to do things outside of the realm of our possibilities because if it was in the realm of our possibility, we wouldn't have to depend on Him to take us there and we would be able to boast on what we've achieved. But He takes us into an area that's outside of the realm of our possibilities so that people may know that the hand of God has done this. share a quick testimony with you, but throughout school, I struggled quite significantly with reading, and, and I really battled with the fear of public speaking. Um, I managed through my matric year not to read out in class aloud once. Uh, I don't know how I did it. I don't know how they assessed me on it, but I managed to sidestep that. Um, I would avoid every speech I had to say because my hands would be shaking. And yet God, down the line, has called me to preach. It doesn't make sense. Um, it goes against the essence of who I am. But I know that it was outside of the realm of my possibility. So therefore, I cannot get any glory for what's happening. It can only be Him. Because God reminded me I never had what it took in my own capacity to do what He's called me to. 
So we want to be a pioneering people. And then we want to be a people of purpose. Now I've put purpose in both with God and with us, and I feel that God's saying that. Because as He gives us purpose, so we find our purpose in Him. Heard a statement the last uh, about two weeks ago saying, it's not about finding His will for our life. We know what His will is and finding how does how does our life fill in, fit into His will? So it's not, not what do you have for me, but Lord, what can I do in what you're doing? What can I be a part of? And God's got a purpose for us. He's got an incredible will. comes out of Matthew 28, the Great Commission, Mark 16, Acts 1.8, going into all the world, preaching to all nations. Last week I spoke out of um, Matthew 24, where it says there, we know that the end will come when the gospel's gone out to all people. And I think the number is something like there's 40% of the world that is unreached. There's places that have never, ever heard the name of Jesus. Um, I heard a, a story from a friend of mine this week. He's an ex-Muslim individual who does a lot of ministry into Pakistan. One of his friends, who's an ex-Muslim, who had an encounter with Jesus, gave his life, was arrested this week for proclaiming his faith in Pakistan and is facing the death penalty for it. There's an unreached world that needs people. And we find our purpose in what God is doing. There's a harvest that's plentiful. And we have the privilege of harvesting and the byproduct of that is that the harvest becomes the workers who go out and continue to harvest. And God's got an incredible plan for us. So we're going to be going through the story of Acts. And Acts 2, verse 16 to 21 says this, But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. So this is Peter speaking They've just experienced Pentecost. The Holy Spirit's just been poured out. There's been incredible signs and wonders and manifestations of the Spirit. And Peter goes back to a passage of Scripture in the book of Joel. And it says, And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and my female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke and the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. Before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon my name shall be saved. So everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's something about the season that's incredible. Now, we know we're living in the last days. The last days is when Jesus ascended to heaven. Before he comes again, we were in the last days. And, and it says, in the last days, he will pour out his spirit on all flesh. So are we contending for another Pentecost? No, we're not. Because Pentecost came and there was a purpose in the outpouring of the spirit. Jesus went and he went back to the Father and he left us with his Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It says in Acts 1.8, And the power will come upon you when you receive the Holy Spirit, so that you can be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So we've experienced the outpouring of the Spirit, but he continues because it says in the last days, not in the last day, 
So it wasn't a once-off experience. It's a continuous thing that God does as He pours out His Spirit upon us. And some of the fruit of that is we'll prophesy, we'll see visions, we'll, we'll dream dreams. We'll see wonders in heaven above and signs on earth below. Jesus teaches us to pray and he says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We have the privilege of ushering in heaven here on earth. It's a beautiful uh, theological term called inaugurated eschatology, which effectively means introduction to the end times or the manifest presence of God here. The, the, the time when we get to experience the manifest presence of God. It's, one day will be all the time in heaven, we get to see pockets of it here on earth. And we get to usher this in because we are his children, filled with the Holy Spirit. Jeremiah 1 verse 17 says, But you, dress yourself for work, arise, and say to them everything I command you. And it goes on in verse 19, it says, They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you, for I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. We're in a season where we've got to get ourselves dressed for work. Now, I don't want to be a works-based people. We're a spirit-led people. But works come as a byproduct of what God's called us to. So the church has often proclaimed works, but it was works in order to earn our salvation. We don't dismiss works, but the works come as a byproduct of our, our relationship with God. So if the order is works... God, well, there's a problem. If the order is us, God, works, well, then we do it by His strength anyway. And the power will come upon you to be my witnesses. By this you prove to you my disciples, it says in John 15, that you go and bear much fruit. But the verses before it says, abide in me and you'll bear much fruit. So by which power do we do it? By His power. But yet there's work to be done. And I just feel God saying for us, we're entering into a season where we've got to get ourselves dressed for work. And there's exciting things on the horizon. There's a harvest that's plentiful and there's people that are desperate for us to step out. So with the outpouring of the Spirit, I just felt in the line of the flooding a couple of things that God shared with me. And I just want to end off with this. That when there's a flooding, there's certain physical manifestations that we see taking place. And the first one is broken riverbanks. I don't know if you guys have noticed driving over any of the bridges here, pre-flooding and post-flooding, they look completely different. Where there were little streams that were trickling, now it's two, three hundred meters wide because the water raged. And I felt God say that during normal time, riverbanks direct the water, but in a flood, the water directs the riverbanks. I feel that God's going to break open our limitations we impose on Him. That we'll no longer be ushering in and directing Him, but He's actually going to obliterate the boundaries we impose on him, and we're going to see incredible things. There are uprooting trees, and one of the things that I noticed about driving over these bridges is how many trees have been uprooted. I mean, you drive here from the Flag Farm Road, and you see the size of the trees lying on the side of the road that were once in the ground, or now out of the ground, because the water's lifted them. And I felt God saying that the things that are not rooted in him will be removed. There were containers strewn all over the roads, in the bushes, in the rivers. And I felt God saying that the things that he's asked us to get rid of, that we've potentially let go of, but we've maybe stored in the background, he wants to destroy. 
He wants to get rid of the things that he has not asked us to hold on to. And some of these things might be personal things, maybe in the depths of the heart, words that people have spoken over us that we've kind of just kept in our back pockets and that we're trying to contend for it to be not true, but there's a part of us that believes it and we just hold on to the things that people have spoken, things that are lifeless and not of God. There might be things that God's doing in our, in our personal capacity and saying, actually, this is not helpful. This is not worth holding on to. And we're trusting that as a result of this, the, the things that we've stored up will be released. We've seen the significance of water move the bridge as we cross over uh, the Umshlali River. The whole bridge is shifted. And we've seen roads be destroyed. And I feel God saying that the vision does not change, but our strategy might. So the way in which we speak to people, the roads and the bridges that we use to build with people might change in the next season. How we do things, the outworking is going to be different. But the vision still remains the same. The Great Commission still is there. God loves people. And he's used us to love them too. They were cut off from uh, other people for I think, three or four days. At one stage, I think they were sending dirt bikes in with resources to try and help the people that were cut off. And I feel that God's going to give us seasons of isolation. Just moments of stillness where we get to hear the gentleness of his whisper so that we come out of those wilderness moments equipped. Says, I think it was in Luke that where Jesus gets led into the wilderness, it says he gets led full of the Spirit, and when he returns, he gets led full of the power of the Spirit. There was something that shifted when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, of, wilderness, going from the fullness of the Spirit to full of the power of the Spirit that came out. And I'm trusting that we'll have moments where there's an infilling and an empowering so that we can be fruitful. So I was driving over the bridge going along Sharkus Crollway. I looked up on the right-hand side, and for the first time I noticed that there was a temple up on the hill, and I'd never seen the temple before. And I feel that when there's an outpouring of the Spirit, it reveals temples and it reveals idols in our lives. Anything on the same level of Jesus will always start to take preference to Him, because He was never called to be on the same level as anything. He's Lord of our lives. And, and what... God does in a time like this when he pours out is I think he releases the things, the idols that we have in our lives. And I think we're all susceptible to this, the things that we allow to take priority when the reality is that they shouldn't. And, and I trust that as Holy Spirit reveals to us things that maybe we've given too much credit to. Um, I mean, even Claire in her word last week said that We've got to be a people who lead our children and not be led by them. That's something that, for us, we work through as a family. That sometimes they can be almost idols in our lives. And, and I'm trusting that God reveals it and they start to take the right place in our, in our relationship with Him. Not that they get neglected, but that they get led into the fullness of what God's got in store for them. Floods test the integrity of structures and dams. Psalm 127 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build labor in vain. So it's not that we don't build, we do build, but it tests the integrity of what is God building. 
And I'm trusting that everything that we've built in our life that is not of Him will be destroyed in the, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because I only want the things of Him to stand. But with dams, I feel that God's testing the integrity of the wineskins. Wine uh, in Luke 5, it speaks about the fact that you can't put new wine into old wineskins for they will burst. And I feel like God's taking us into a season of a new wineskin. We've got to be prepared to handle the new wine that's coming, the new outpouring that's coming. And He tests the integrity of the dams to test whether or not they will burst. And I feel that there needs to be a strength in our wineskin because the outpouring is going to require a stability in what we're doing. And then the last thing is I feel that God prepares the ground for new life. When floods remove the old trees, it provides space for new trees to grow. And I feel that God's going to be doing something new in us with new life. So I want to end on, on that point, but I just have a sense that God's doing something with us as Adventure Church. And, and we've known that. And we've had a season where we've built such incredible team. But I feel that there's going to be people that are entrusted to us. People for us to love, to care, to look after. They're going to have a, a fresh perspective on the presence of God. And I'm trusting that people will come here and feel the tangible presence. They will speak to us and they will experience the presence of God. Moments where we're on the phone with someone. And they might be in a different city and God drops something into our hearts and the manifest presence of God just completely consumes them. I feel that we're going to operate in power with purpose and God's going to give us a place. And I'm trusting that in the physical that there's a venue, but I just feel that there's a place in the lives of people that God's giving us. Um, we've got a sphere around us where we get to influence people. We get to love people. We get to look after people. And what a privilege it is. So just to remind us, we're going through where we will be praying, we'll be prophesying, we'll be passionate, we'll be pioneering, and we'll have purpose in this new season. So Lord Jesus, I just pray for us as a church, Lord. I pray for what you're doing, what you're busy with. I pray, Father, that this morning as you've spoken to us, that there will be a stirring in our hearts, Lord Jesus. Stirring to be more effective, not out of condemnation, not out of, out of the enemy wanting to, to break us down for not being effective enough. I just feel God saying, I want to pour out my spirit and do more things. Well, I pray, Father, for a season of effectiveness. I pray for the people that you're sending us, Lord. I pray, Father, that we will see broken lives made new, Lord. Pray for more encounters, Lord. Watershed moments in the lives of our people. Father, I just pray right now over the harvest that you, King, will send in workers. I pray, Father, that you will equip us ready for work, that we will be a people who are willing to get our hands dirty. More of you, Holy Spirit, more of you in our lives, Spirit-led, Spirit-filled, Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing. It's more of you. Everything that we do in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, King. Amen.